Hello, and welcome to Auntie Sandy's Storyland. Please join us at our new home on the Lotus Prison Network at patreon.com. Our story for today is The Prince of the Dolomites, an old Italian tale retold and illustrated by Tommy DiPaola. He's coming! He's coming! The boy shouted as he ran through the streets of the little Italian village. Zio Naratore is coming! Hurry! Children tumbled out of their houses and ran down the road. And there indeed was Uncle Storyteller climbing the hill. In a moment, he was surrounded by the children, who hung on his sleeves and thrust gifts of fruit, bread, and cheese into his arms. Tell us a story, Uncle, they cried. We've waited and waited for you. Ah, Ragazzini, I am here, the old storyteller said, wiping his brow with a large handkerchief. Grazie, thank you. What a fine lunch you brought me. He took his time finding a place to sit. Then he patted a few heads, pinched a few cheeks, ate a few things, and drank a long drink from his wineskin. The children waited. He knew not to start too soon. So, you want old Zio Naratori to tell you a story, eh? The old man said at last. Yes, yes, the children shouted. Well, I do have a story, Uncle Storyteller said, pointing to the gleaming pink, white, and blue mountains that surrounded the little village in the Italian Alps. Did you know that our beautiful Dolomites were not always so gleaming bright? Once, a long, long time ago, before most people can remember, they were dark and somber-looking mountains. They were so dark that they seemed to keep the very sun from the valley. How did they become so bright? asked one child. How could they change so much? Was it because of the sun? asked another. Aha, said Zio Naratori with a smile. It was not the sun, but the moon that made them bright. The moon, shouted the children. How could the moon? And, interrupted Zio, his voice becoming softer, they were changed by the most powerful force we know, by love. Zio Naratori pointed again to the beautiful Dolomite mountains shining in the sun. Then he began. In ancient times, when the Dolomites were dark, this land was ruled over by a fine and just queen who was also a widow. Her husband, a king, much loved by his people, had been killed in a hunting accident only days after the queen had given birth to their first and only child. The king had held his son but once. The boy grew and was as kind and good as his father. He spread happiness everywhere he went. His smile lighted up the dark corners of the palace. When the queen took him on her travels, all the people of the land rejoiced at the sight of him. Here comes Prince Solatillo, they would shout. Prince Sunshine! Ah, how much like his dead father he is! His tutors were proud of him, too, for he learned his lessons quickly. He could sing, he could dance, and he learned to speak well to great groups of people. He surely will make a fine king, his mother said. Only his old nurse, Maga Rosa, who had been the queen's nurse, too, 
noticed an unusual thing about the boy. Nightly, she would find him sitting at his window, staring at the sky. Is there a way to go to the moon? he would ask. The years went by, and as the prince approached his 19th birthday, the queen decided the time had come to find a suitable wife for her son. Only if she loves me and I love her too, said the prince to his mother. Of course, answered the queen. You will know her when you meet her, whispered Magarosa. So a large celebration was held. Princesses from far and near were asked to attend. Princesses from neighboring lands and far away from Naples and Sicily. One by one, the princesses were presented to the prince. Beautiful, but it is not her, the prince said to himself. And of another, even more beautiful. No, she is not the one. The prince danced with all the princesses. He sat with them and watched the entertainment, and everyone at the court watched and waited. Although the prince was pleasant and friendly enough, it became clear that none of the beautiful princesses captured his heart. Toward the end of the evening, he wandered out into the garden for some air. The full moon filled the sky, and the very air seemed thick with its light. Suddenly, the prince saw her before him, the princess of his heart. He reached out to touch her, but his hand touched nothing. Then his ears filled with a buzzing sound. His head grew light, and his heart felt as though it had been pulled from his chest. The prince uttered a long and pitiful cry. His eyes burned, and he walked as if blind, as he stumbled back into the great hall. Whispers filled the room. What is wrong with the prince? He spun around, reaching out as if trying to hold on to something. Then he fell to the floor. The prince has been taken ill, cried the guest, as the queen rushed to her son. Don't touch him, my lady, Magarosa warned the queen. He has had a vision. Magarosa knelt by the prince and crooned soft words until his eyes fluttered open. She helped him to his feet, then led him from the hall as the guest looked on. For two days and nights, the prince lay ill. He tossed and turned and knew no one. He called out, Luna, la luna, the moon, the moon. On the third day, he seemed more himself, and Maga Rosa brought his mother to see him. I have found her mother, the prince said immediately, but pity me, for I can never have her. And the prince described the beautiful princess he had seen in the moonlight. We will search for her. Send out messengers, the queen began to order, but Maga Rosa put her hand on the queen's arm. It is no use, my lady, she said. She is not of this world. The moon, the prince cried. She lives on the moon. Slowly the prince regained his strength, but from that time on he had only one interest. He would sleep all day, and when the sun had set, he would awake and dress. Then he would walk to the foothills and sit and gaze at the moon. People began to call him Prince Pazzo, which means moonstruck. The poor prince has lost his mind, they would say. They made fun of him 
and he became the object of jokes. The moon was... <clears throat> when the moon was only a sliver, the people would laugh and say, Prince Pazor will be sad tonight. Just as they had loved him before, they now began to fear him. Who will rule when the dear queen dies, they asked. As for the queen, she thought her heart would break. One night, as he sat in the foothills of the dark mountains, Prince Pazor thought he heard singing. Wandering, wandering, night and day, where shall we live? Where can we stay? Driven from our homes by fearful men, when may we ever stop and rest again? When he caught sight of a band of the strangest-looking little men he had ever seen, apparently carrying all their worldly goods upon their backs. Who are you? called out the prince. The little men stopped, frozen in fear. After a moment, their leader came forward. Ah, good signorino, he said. We are the Salvani, protectors of all that is nature. We were driven long ago from our ancient homes by men who wished to use the wilds for their selfish purposes alone. Now we are wandering to find another forest, a new home. But whenever we stop and the people see us, they are frightened, because we are different. We are often forced to flee for our lives. We had hoped to find a place in these somber mountains. But, good signorino, do not harm us. We will move on. I had no thought of harming you, answered the prince. I too know what it is to be feared. Even though I am a prince, my people fear me greatly. I have not become what they expected me to be. Sometimes I think they would feel easier if I were to go away forever. Poor signorino, is there anything we can do for you? asked the small leader. Thank you. I know of nothing, but you are kind and generous to offer, said the prince. Perhaps there is something I can do for you. We ask very little, the leader of the Salvani answered. A quiet place, to ourselves, where we may lead our simple lives in peace. I shall ask my mother the queen to grant you a place of your choice here in the mountains. Meanwhile, rest here for the night. Tomorrow I shall bring you an answer, said Prince Pazo. But now I must watch the moon. Watch the moon? the Salvani asked. Please, why must you watch the moon? Prince Pazel told the Salvani about his vision. I would give everything I own to visit the moon to see if my love is really there. Ah, yes, said the leader of the Salvani. Well, do not let us keep you. We will settle here and wait for your answer. The next day, Prince Pazel went to his mother's rooms. She was overjoyed to see her son up and about during daylight hours. When he asked if the Salvani could settle in the mountains, she gave her permission at once. Ah, she thought to herself, at least he is thinking of something beside the moon. The Salvani were very happy to have a home once more. They thanked the prince, and then the leader said, Good prince, perhaps we can help you too. There is a way to go to the moon. Tell me, the prince cried. When the next moon is full, you must go to the highest peak carrying the most perfect rose you can find, the leader said. When you arrive at the peak, you will see two men who descend with the light of every full moon to observe the ways of the earth. 
Tell them you have a gift for the Moon King's youngest daughter and show them the rose. If they say to leave the gift, that they will deliver it, tell them politely that you are a prince and must present the rose to the princess yourself. The rose, you see, will capture her heart, for her greatest joy is her garden. Nothing pleases her more than flowers she has never seen before, and nothing pleases the Moon King more than his youngest daughter's happiness. But take care. The moon's light is so intense that if you stay too long, you will go blind from its brightness. These magic spectacles will help for a little while. But make your visit a short one. Buona fortuna and buon viaggio. The prince was overcome with joy. He counted the days until the moon became full. He was even heard singing in the palace. When the light of the full moon arrived, he went to his mother to tell her of his journey. The poor queen wept, believing her son had gone quite mad. Maga Rosa comforted her. The mysteries of this life and universe are great, my lady. Have faith. The queen sighed and went to select the royal garden's most perfect rose. She gave it to the prince. Shall I ever see you again? she asked. Receiving no answer, she kissed him and gave him her blessing. She watched in tears as the prince walked off into the night. Prince Pazo climbed the mountain to the peak, as the Salvani had instructed. Sure enough, everything happened as they said it would. At last, the prince was on the moon. Prince Pazo was received as an honored guest by the moon king. A royal banquet was held and one by one Prince Pazzo met the princesses of the moon. When the youngest, Lucia, entered the hall, Prince Pazzo caught his breath. She was the princess of his heart. He handed her the perfect rose. Oh, father, look, Lucia cried. Isn't it beautiful? Thank you, Earth Prince, for the strangest and most beautiful flower I have ever seen. Please tell me about your earth and they sat together talking for the evening. She confided that the two earth observers once described the prince to her. That is why she had visited his garden to catch glimpse of him. She added that she had patiently hoped the prince would find his way to the moon. When the end of the evening came, it was obvious to all that Prince Pazzo and Princess Lucia were in love. Prince Pazzo easily won the hearts of the kingdom and the Moon King was especially pleased to see his daughter's happiness. The days passed quickly for those in love, but one morning when the prince awoke, his eyes burned fiercely and tears ran down his cheeks. He remembered the warning of the Salvani. He was going blind from the brightness of the moon. The magic spectacles no longer protected him. With great sadness, the moon doctors announced that only the prince's return to the earth would save his sight. The prince would not consider it. I would rather be blind than be separated from my love, he declared. Lucia would not hear of it. I could never spend a happy day knowing that it was I who made you blind. But why be separated? the princess asked. I shall return to earth with you. The moon king made the arrangements for their departure. I will miss you, my Lucia, he said, but your happiness means more to me. On earth... The queen was overjoyed at the return of her son. She immediately took Princess Lucia 
to her heart. Within a few days, the prince's sight was restored, and a week-long celebration was held. On the last day, the wedding of Prince Pazo of the Dolomites and Princess Lucia of the Moon took place with great joy. Earth fascinated the princess as the moon had the prince, and she quickly captured the love of everyone. How grateful we are for our prince and princess. What a fine king and queen they will someday be, the people said. But as time passed, it was noticed by all that the princess was growing paler. She was often heard to sigh and to complain of a heaviness around her heart. Prince Pazo noted too that she laughed less and less. It was the mountains that bothered her the most, she said, the tall, dark mountains that kept even the sun from the land. At night she could not sleep. She would sit for hours and gaze at the moon. She would cry out in fear of the darkness. Candles and lanterns were brought to surround her even during the day. In spite of every effort, she continued to grow thin, pale, and listless. The prince was desperate. My dearest wife, he said, we shall return to the moon. It is our only hope. I would rather be blind than have eyes to see you suffer so. But the princess would not hear of it, and begged him to wait a while. Surely she would soon grow well, she said. The prince filled her room with flowers, hoping they would help. They did not. The joy of the kingdom was hushed. The princess grew worse, day by night, until at last the doctors announced that nothing could be done. Princess Lucia was dying. Prince Pazzo closed the door to their rooms. Standing at the window, he thought he saw Maga Rosa riding a horse into the dark night under the crescent moon. Some nights later, when the moon had reached its full light, the queen heard a tapping at her balcony door. Opening it, she stepped back in fright at what she saw. A group of strange small men pressed toward her. My lady, said one, please do not be afraid. We have come to help, not to harm. It was the leader of the Salvani who spoke. You have been generous and kind to us. We have come to repay our debt. I beg you to trust us and wait. Turning to the Salvani, he said, Come, friends, we have work to do and not much time. Then they disappeared over the balcony's edge. You called, my lady? asked Maga Rosa, who had been watching from the door. They said they would help. Those strange small men, answered the queen as if in a daze. All we can do is trust and wait. The full moon climbed higher in the sky. Suddenly, from the distant mountaintops, faint singing could be heard. Twist the beams, twist the rays, weave the strongest ropes of light. Give the lovers happy days, pray our magic works tonight. It was the Salvani. They had climbed to the tops of the tallest peaks. Gathering the moonbeams falling from the sky, they twisted them into great bright ropes. Soon the light from the ropes was bright as the moon itself. Then they wove the ropes into shining nets of moonbeams and cast them over the dark peaks. As the light poured down from the mountains, the black shapes changed to glimmering white, blue, pink, and yellow. One after the other, the mountains were transformed. The queen watched in wonder. 
Then, followed by Maga Rosa, she ran through the hallways to the rooms of the prince and princess. Look, my children, she cried. A miracle is happening. Princess Lucia drew herself up. When she saw the glittering sight, her face flushed, and she smiled and called to Prince Pazzo. My love, she said weakly, the light, it is like my home. I can feel it flowing in my veins. And when the full moon set, the mountain still glowed. As the sun began to warm the sky, Maga Rosa said softly, Ecco fatto, it is finished. The Dolomite Mountains shimmered even more. The sun reflected off of them and filled the land. What was once dark and dismal had become a place of light and brightness. It was not long before the princess recovered. The people rejoiced and told many stories about the mountain and how and why they had changed. Years later, the good queen passed the kingdom over to Prince Pazzo and Princess Lucia who ruled wisely and well. They lived a long, happy life and had many children. And Maga Rosa, though very old, insisted on being their nurse. Old Uncle Storyteller paused. Oh, Zio, the children said. That's not really true, is it? Indeed it is, said Zio Naratore. Just look at our Dolomites. Have they ever lost their moonlight? And another thing, when the moon king came to earth to visit his grandchildren, he brought them a special flower from their mother's old garden. They planted it atop the Dolomite peaks to honor the Salvani. Today the mountains are covered with its lovely blooms. Zia Naratori picked up his knapsack and smiled. We call that flower Stella Albina, Edelweiss. Ciao, Ragazzini. Ciao, Zio, called the children. Come back soon. Zio Naratore waved and trudged down the road to another village to tell other stories to other children. That is the end of our story for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join our exclusive Storyland membership on the Lotus Prison Network to get special appreciation bonuses and rewards as a valued member of our listener team. To join our membership, go to patreon.com forward slash the Lotus Prison Network. For those who like the book we read today and would like to purchase it, please click the link in the description. Follow our Facebook page so you can find us on all your favorite social media and share with your family and friends. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next time on Auntie Sandy's Storyland. 